You're listening to If Only I Were Wiser podcast, where I, Raina Wilson, your host, will bring together wisdom and raw life stories to provide encouragement and insight. So many times life becomes messy and overwhelming to sift through all the data, research, and influencer must-haves in order to really be the healthiest version of you. If you're looking to learn, grow, and listen to other people's stories in their own wellness journey, then keep listening because there might just be some wisdom for you. Hey friends, welcome back to the If Only I Were Wiser podcast. On today's episode, I have writer and founder of the crappy Christian company, Blake Guichet. Blake is the host of a popular podcast called Confessions of a Crappy Christian, a weekly show that specializes in conversations with guests about their passions, struggles, and all the things that they aren't sure that they can talk about. In today's episode, Blake shares some hot takes about stepping away from crunchy culture and mom boss culture to really find freedom and what that looks like and what the world defines as success. You won't want to miss today's girl chat as well as Harry Potter fandom, so let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, Blake. Welcome to the If Only I Were Wiser podcast. Man, like I said, I'm fangirling a little bit, but it's fine. We're fine. I'm so excited. Yeah, I would love to start off by just hearing about what is like a day in the life of Blake? (laughs) Like, what does regular life look like? Yeah, it's so funny that you asked that because I was just thinking I'm finally kind of hitting a rhythm. I was like, I should do like a day in the life on Instagram, but I'm notoriously terrible at those because I lose interest (laughs) like halfway through the day. And I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot I was doing that. Um, But I tell people I'm a full-time content creator and homemaker. And those two jobs are like my two full-time jobs. So wake up in the morning, get the girl, like, I don't even open my phone. The girls are my priority. Get them ready for school. Like, get them out the door. Go to the gym. Um, get home. Like, pick up around the house. Make that, like, very so normal. And mm-hmm. and then around 9 o'clock, I'm like, all right. It's time to log in. <laughs> and uh, I spend my day getting to do this with people. Have really incredible conversations on podcasts. Either on theirs or on mine or um, creating content for Instagram. I'm literally working on uh, covering the Tennessee drag bill right now because um, people are losing their minds about it. And I'm like, well, did you read the bill? Because it's only a page and a half long. Um, so just get to do stuff like that and then kind of turn it off again in the afternoon and shift back into mom mode and run kids to gymnastics and art class and make dinner. And so it's definitely this, like, I've have this very clear delineation in my life of like Mm -hmm. work and life, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, those are clear and healthy boundaries, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did not have those for a long time, which I think is why I'm so like thankful for them now. Well, before we get started, I'd just love to know like, what is your favorite aspect of motherhood right now? And then what is your favorite aspect of content creation? Yeah. Okay. So my girls are five and eight. And so we're coming into the, like, they can wipe their own butts, get their own snacks, get their own drinks Mm, era. Love that. And I feel like it's freeing up brain space for me to be the mom I want to be. Like when you're drowning Mm -hmm. in sippy cups and diapers and nap, scheduling nap times and like just it's hard and it's a different kind of hard now, right? They're asking questions and I'm like, wait, <laughs> is this too soon? You know, like, I'm not ready to, like my friend always said, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, right? But I'm loving having the brain space to 
and just that they're like cognizant enough to have conversations and ask questions. And I'm just not great at the baby stuff. I want to be like, I want to be like a nesting, like newborn mom, but I'm just not. I'm like, can you just tell me what you want? Because I'll get it for you. I just, yep. don't, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> so I think that shift and transition that we've been seeing in our family has been really life-giving. And I love that. Content creation. I mean, my favorite part of it is podcasting, bar none. Like there's, it's no competition. I would spend my whole day being interviewed and interviewing. Really? If that was all, oh, 100%. Like Instagram is a necessary evil for me at this point where it is a platform and God has blessed me with this incredible platform. I'm not going to waste it. I don't want to store it at well, but also... I just, I prefer this. I prefer like talking about stuff that matters. And I do that on Instagram, but I just, I love podcasting. When people ask me what I do, I'm like, I'm a podcaster. I've never resonated with anything more because I definitely have felt this pull towards when I first launched this podcast because we're fresh. And I was like, but I feel like I should be doing, you know, I felt all the weight of the shoulds Mm. on Instagram. And again, I love Instagram. I love connecting. I love like the platform it is for research now love that in the wellness space yeah but it can get super overwhelming and like you said I love the the real conversations with real people (laughs) because even that can get lost in the Instagram world well and it does especially as your platform grows you know like I've had to loosen my grip on wanting to answer all of my dms it's physically impossible and I will make myself crazy and so as you grow you start to kind of lose a little bit of that more personal element. I think it's still there, but I think that's part of why I've shifted into really loving this is because I can't live in my DMs. First of all, people will say the most insane off the wall things. And sometimes I just have to protect my energy, but Mm also I just, I can't keep up. And so I want to have conversations. Oh, for sure. I think a friend of mine recently, I was like coming to her with like my imposter syndrome and in her wisdom, she was like, Reina, what if you haven't quote unquote blown up yet because it's an aspect of the Lord's protection of your life? And I was like, okay, thanks. Yes. I needed that. And like blowing up is overrated, honestly. Like you, you can reach so many people. Think about it. If you have a thousand followers on Instagram, that's a thousand people. That is a thousand people. That's so many people. That's bigger than a lot of churches. That you get to lead and steward and love and shepherd. Mm. That's amazing. Like, I I hate that we've made it like a thing, you know, because there's pros and cons. Like, it's a commodity to identity. Yes. Right. Exactly. Well, I would love to dive into uh, Confessions of a Crappy Christian, like your book, your podcast. Yeah. Like, what was the heart and essence, I think, that kind of push you to publish. Yeah. So Confessions of a Crappy Christian started as the podcast. That was the original. Um, I had a book um, like proposal outline, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was dusty. It was like sitting on a shelf. I'd had it for a couple of years. I wanted to write a book since I was 12. And Mm -hmm. so I'd been kind of working on it in between having babies and breastfeeding babies and all of that kind of stuff. And so Confessions of a Crabby Christian was my 30th birthday present to myself, and I was deeply in the trenches of postpartum anxiety and depression, 
and was desperately looking for more, I don't know, just real conversation, not authentically curated. Motherhood is hard. No, I want to talk about, I don't know if I can do this or Mm -hmm. my brain feels like it's breaking. And then that makes me feel like maybe I don't have the Holy spirit and maybe God doesn't love me as much. I wanted to have those conversations and the landscape of podcasting has changed a lot in the last four and a half years. And you're seeing Mm -hmm. those conversations so much more. And I'm so thankful for that. But at the time there really wasn't a lot of that. It was very Bible study. Let's talk about Proverbs 31 woman kind of vibe. Yeah. And so launched it out into the world on my birthday and by like the one year anniversary it had charted at number four so it it I don't want to pretend like it didn't blow up pretty quickly but I think it was just people were just as desperate and looking for the same conversations and the the title is witty and it draws people in and yeah you know that's I think that really helped a lot and so that was 2019. So that was my first year. No, my first year of podcasting was 2019. My second year of podcasting is 2020, which is just like Oof. nuts. And by end of 2020, I signed a book deal uh, with a Christian publishing house and kind of just pulled that outline out and then threw it away and completely started over. And um, wow, the book is really an extension of the podcast. I feel like it's a, something hard that I can hand somebody uh, that mm-hmm. just tackles, again, the same thing, the hard questions, the, the things that religion tends to not know what to do with. And that just has really resonated with people. I think I, I think of myself as this like anti-deconstructionist where – I believe in deconstructing what you believe if you intend to rebuild it on a stronger foundation. And that's kind of what I feel like I get to help people do. Absolutely. And I think it's so important. Like that was the heart behind this podcast was if I could speak to Raina as a baby and Raina freshly pregnant and Raina postpartum and now with my mass chaos toddler. (laughs) Yeah. Like if only I were wiser about all of the things wellness, because wellness isn't just about your nutrition. Like Mm -hmm. I'm certified in those things, but like your wellness is the fact that sometimes I need to look at my best friend or my community group and be like, I don't really want to be a mom this week. That's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wellness is so much bigger than supplements and food. You know, I mean, the amount of time that I've had to spend trying to lower my stress levels just because I'm naturally a real stressy person mm-hmm. has, but that's radically changed my health. Just calming the heck down, you know, yeah. like the things like that, that I think get not left out, but not prioritized in that conversation as much as it should. Mm-hmm. And I think I see it more in like the crunchy culture because like I lean towards like the non-toxic just a vibe in general. Yeah. But I was talking to somebody the other day. It was like, it doesn't matter all of the like supplements and stuff and what products you use in your home if you're like stress the F out (laughs) and you can't like co-regulate with your kids or you feel like you're going to have a panic attack when you get out of bed or you went to Starbucks and you're freaking out about the fact that like they don't have all the milk that you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, it's funny. Cause 
I guess it was sometime last year. It was like right after summer. I like broke up with the crunchy community mm. because I was so exhausted and the bar never stopped moving. And it was always something I was doing wrong when I knew I was doing my best. And so it wasn't that I walked away from non-toxic living or any, you know, I didn't go start just eating McDonald's every day. I was just like, I gotta, like, I muted some people on Instagram. I unfollowed some people on Instagram. I just needed to give myself a break from, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, okay, I've gotten this figured out. What's next? What do I have to tackle now? And just, that's just as toxic, that level of stress as the things that I think a lot of that community are warning us about. I'm like, can we come back to the middle just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there has been a little bit of a transition to kind of, at least there are a handful of content creators that I follow that are like, hey, like, yes, I speak about this, this, and this in my home, but, you know, we also ordered Domino's this week because I wasn't about to cook dinner. And I was like, thank you. But like, we should talk about that a little bit more often. Yes. Because like you said earlier, like social media can be such a like curatedly authentic feed yes which just blows my mind yeah ugh so how would you encourage women to I think just be bold in comparison Mm -hmm. or like starting to wrestle with some of these like really ugly feelings that may come up like when they're getting started like trying to do something like this Mm -hmm. like if I could go back to 2018 me Because I actually prayed about starting the podcast for almost a year before I actually did it because it was, I don't know what I'm doing. I, every, everybody and their mom had a podcast then and even more so now, you know, everybody has a podcast. Everybody's doing it better than you. Yeah. There's nothing new you're bringing to the landscape. Do you really think you can handle this? I had all of those doubts and questions and ultimately I had to kind of shut up and just ask what God wanted me to do and get to a point where I was okay with however uncomfortable or crazy or out of pocket, you know, my my family has made some nuts decisions in the last four and a half years. I mean, my husband left his full-time corporate job to, you know, Mm -hmm. basically took a year off to live off of my income and our savings and It was crazy, but we knew it was what God wanted us to do next. And when you have that confidence, when you've quieted yourself and asked God and listened, it's pretty, it can be pretty difficult to convince me otherwise, if that's the confidence that I have, because your own confidence that you're kind of mustering up that fake it till you make it, it's going to crack. Like that's not going to carry you because it's dependent on flesh and blood and human emotions and feelings. Whereas if you have really like laid your life down at the foot of the cross, do I believe that God's going to ask me to do things that are hard and difficult and that I don't want to do hundred percent, but I have grown. I didn't always function this way, but I've grown to where now on the other side of that, Like his plans are always way better than mine are. Mine, we crash and burn. We run into a wall. So boldness and that is Mm -hmm. the only, I think it's the only real fighting chance that Christians have against imposter syndrome 
is the assurance of I'm taking the next right step in obedience. This is what I feel like God has next, what I feel like God has next for me. And I don't even need to know what the next steps are after that. I'm just going to keep stepping into that. Because then if you're doubting that, you have to come to terms with that you're doubting God, that you're not trusting God. Like that's a difficult realization to come to. Oof. Oof. Yeah. You definitely just said like my whole story this past year (laughs) out loud. Yeah. My husband and I, like, I think he had the analogy of I was really wrestling with launching the podcast. I, like you said, it's something that I've prayed and dreamed and like really loved the vision behind it for years. And so once I finally felt like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy a mic off of Amazon and sit in my closet. Yeah. My husband described it as this analogy of, Raina, I think like the Lord has called you off of the highway. Like everybody is like driving past you. You're watching everybody go 100 miles an hour. You're seeing this person, this person on this person on Instagram, creating courses. They're making this income, blah, 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 blah. And the Lord has called you to pull off the highway, quite literally smell the flowers and just enjoy it. And I remember having the conversation with him that I was like, that is so hard when I'm watching people succeed. You know, I'm watching, I know what their sales are off of what they're creating on Instagram. Like I'm watching them fly by towards all the things that I think that I want. But then I felt this like, I guess, disturbance of my spirit because every time I like pictured myself in in this analogy, walking back to my car, I had no peace. Like every time I like made steps towards, well, maybe I can do what they're doing. Actually, I know I can do what they're doing. I could create these things. I could create this content. I could create this course. But every step I took towards getting back in my own car to try and get on the highway, like I physically felt sick in my stomach and I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. But yeah, it's definitely a hard place to wrestle knowing this is where the Lord has called me, but I also have to guard my heart from what I'm seeing other people doing. And it do- that doesn't even necessarily mean that you won't end up at the same place as them. You just may take the scenic route, which then you get to like learn all of these lessons before. You know, I think about these people that we've seen have massive amounts of success and then completely crash and burn. Yeah. Almost all of them blew up in some form overnight it was they had they went viral they had this massive you know really fast rise to success and then they didn't have the tools to Mm. handle it humans were not created to have as much input and output as we do and so I think about those people and I'm really thankful that that has not been my experience because there's absolutely more that I would like to be doing and things that I would like to achieve that I see other people doing. But I've, I think I've had to learn that if I'm not there, it either means that's not for me or I'm not ready for it. Oh yeah. And I think it goes back to the other day or a couple of weeks ago, you posted the reel that went viral about the village. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, just that <laughs> reminder was like, I am constructing whatever image I'm supposed to believe that success and superiority looks like in motherhood and like this online world of business now, like when in reality, the Lord's intention wasn't really social media, at least for like 
what right. we use it for now in a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Circling back to imposter syndrome, how do we guard our hearts in that, especially as believers? I think there's some really tangible things of, I mean, there are definitely people that I've had to step away from consuming a lot of their content because it triggers something in me, not because of them, not because of what they're doing, but because I look at their content and go, I want that. And it, it, uh, it like festers into discontentment. And so, and then that discontentment will turn into, I'm never going to get there. And what am I even doing? Why am I even showing up? And just like, how did, how do we get here? How did I end up here? But I also think going Mm -hmm. back to what I was saying earlier of, are you measuring your steps by God and God's timeline and his will for your life or by the world's or someone else's or one that you created? Because you can't be an imposter in God's plan. Like you, you're there on purpose. He created you the way that he did. He thinks you're great. He likes you. He loves you. He thinks he did a good job making you. You, you can't be an imposter. That's it's physically impossible. I think, well, but I also think that there are times that people legitimately struggle with imposter syndrome because they are fighting and scrapping and clawing their way into what they want completely leaving behind like the still small voice that's telling them, Hey, what about this? Mm. What about this gift that you have? Let's go this way. So I, I think sometimes imposter syndrome can be a good thing when it's, it's not really imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. it's conviction, right? It's you've, we've gotten right. a little off track. Let's pull things back a little bit. But then I also think on the other side, true imposter syndrome is just, like a tool of the enemy to make people sit down and not use their gifts and not show up for the kingdom. And he loves that. Oh yeah. And I think I shared this on a separate episode, but multiple conversations with friends was when I was bringing that to the Lord, like you said, that start of imposter syndrome or rather conviction for the first time in like months, I heard the Lord respond, what are you chasing? Mm. And I was just like, "Mm, that, that, desire to be seen, valued, known, yeah. famous, you know, whatever titles I wanted to put on it, the Lord gently reoriented me back to, but Raina, you have all of those aspects of your identity in me. So like looking to seek this in so many other places that right, exactly, will not bring you life. I My question was, who's getting the glory? Whose glory are you working for? Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just take that knife out of my chest. Thank yeah. you, Lord. <laughs> exactly. I think, um, at least recently, I've always heard, you know, comparison is a thief of all joy. But the more that I have, like, really wrestled with this recently, I think it's more like a poison. Because it it isn't like this initial, like just vacuum suck of joy in my life. I think it's the slow, gradual, it seeps into all of these other thought patterns. It seeps into all of these other behaviors. And then it's like, well, why am I snapping at my son or my husband this week? Oh, probably because one, I'm not in the word and renewing my mind and spirit. But also I've been on Instagram way more today or listening to these people. And the narrative in the back of my mind is like, you are less than 
Look at how much better that they're doing than you and see everything that you are doing isn't enough. That's such a great analogy of that it's really more of a poison because the joy is still there. We had, you know, joy is a person and it's the person of Christ and that doesn't leave us, but it can get deprioritized. We can move it down the chain of importance and in its place, put the things that you were saying, success, fame, recognition. And then like you said, you're snapping at your family and they're like, what's wrong with me? Oh, I just spent the last Mm -hmm. hour comparing myself to a bunch of people that I don't know. I don't know what their behind the scenes look like. Yeah, they have a ton of downloads, but they may hate their life. And comparing their, this snapshot to my whole life. Yeah, you're discontent. Yeah, you're, you feel like an imposter and like you'll never amount to anything. Because it's not the whole picture. Even people who are showing up on social media actually authentically, you still are only seeing what they want you to see. How would you encourage women or rather like in those own moments for yourself, how do you take steps towards reorienting your heart? It's kind of cheesy, but I had to commit to memory versus like taking your about taking your thoughts captive and whatever is true and whatever is pure and whatever is good. Um, Because I mean, I definitely have this propensity to go down that rabbit hole and spiral. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. I just think I'm a total failure and everything I do is a failure. And why am I even trying? And I should just shut up and sit down. And the only person that can control that in any form is me. <laughs> like I, I'm the only, that stuff is going to come into your mm-hmm. orbit. I think we think we can build this bubble and none of those thoughts ever come through but that's just not the way real life is and so I've never like my whole life grew up in church grew up around bible verses would hear the whole taking your thoughts captive and you know setting your mind on Christ and renewing your mind and was like that sounds really hard and I don't think I can do it (laughs) because my brain has a mind of its own but in reality like if scripture is true that we've been giving every, given everything we need for life and godliness, that means I already have the tools and the ability to like be in control of my thought life. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer when you start prioritizing that. Because I kind of like what we were talking about with the crunchy community. We can get so caught up in the exterior and that we're doing all the right things and saying all the right things and showing up. But then inside, everything's just mush. And that will a lot of the time be exemplified in your actions and in the way you're interacting in your life. And it's so funny because I feel like that was a really big like deconstruction for me was recognizing how behavior-based the church is and that changed hearts is where changed behavior comes from and just kind of being like, okay, I'm going to stop being a psycho about everything that I do and like really focus on the word of God and what he teaches us and got to kind of live out that change when your heart changes and your mind changes and your actions change. Mm -hmm. And I think it starts by having these conversations, you know, like if I didn't have a community where I was like, guys, I don't know if I can say this out loud, period. You know, like people should have this space 
to be like, hey, I might sound like a horrible mother right now, but I just like need to share this for my own mental yeah. health, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's super stigmatized just in the church. And thankfully, like I have friends to process that with. And we've had like conversations on the podcast about like, there's a lot of growth in the church. I actually just finished Francis Chan's uh, letters to the church. Oof, that's a whole something else. But yeah, I think it starts with having these conversations, whether you're in a church or not. It's a heart change from being like vulnerable and authentic. And ultimately, that's the Holy Spirit doing its job in your own life. But maybe for unbelievers or people that are yes. like not about the church right now, it starts with having people that you can be real with. Yeah, 100%. So you mentioned earlier like the intimidation, but also like the boldness of and fullness of walking into God's calling in your life. How would you speak to those women that are like, the Lord has called me to this thing, but right now I'm in the stage of like, no, thank you, Moses, like Mm -hmm. a Moses moment of like, please send somebody else, not me. Yes. My, the advice that I give everyone from coaching clients to my children, it's the cheesiest, but it works. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So God may be putting this really daunting thing in front of you. I'll use a personal example. I've been talking about this on my personal social media that I live in Southern Louisiana. I've never lived anywhere else. And for the last 18 months, I really thought God was going to let us move. I was so excited to get out of here. I was so excited. And then end of last year, God made it really clear. No, you're staying, you're putting down roots, you're investing. And I was not Mm -hmm. happy about it at first. I had a pretty terrible attitude. I was like, okay, I'm going to be obedient, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And so then I felt like I was faced with this really huge task of not only staying, not only putting down roots, investing in my community, but having a joyful heart about it and enjoying it and it being like being content in God's plan for our life. And instead of, I think a lot of the time we think we have to go from A to like Z, you know, so we think we have to eat the whole elephant when God's not asking you to do that. Like with Moses, first, like Moses Mm -hmm. went to Egypt, you know, like he got there first and that was probably the hardest step for him. And so it's, I've gotten to a place where, and my husband, I've really roped him into this. So this term gets used a lot in our house, but it's just like, what's the next right step? Because the next right step doesn't necessarily have to be being crazy invested for me, like being crazy invested in my community and loving it. The next right step for me was I started like hanging things on the walls of my home because it was, we're staying, we're living here. We moved into a new house and Mm -hmm. like three months later I was ready to leave. And so I didn't really decorate. And so it's, it would, it's been a matter of making our house a home and getting comfortable and also reaching out to people and inviting them over. It, like it didn't have to go from this hearing God's voice to fully doing the thing. And I think that that's really intimidating and it keeps people from getting started at all. Whereas mm-hmm. like I've just gotten, so I'm just like, okay, what's the next right step? And then you just have to listen. And trust your heart because you have a new one that looks like Jesus and is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've gotten so that I'll be like, okay, if this isn't the next right step, you better stop me because I'm going. Like, let's go, you know, and he will. He'll close doors and he'll open others. But Mm -hmm. 
that would be my best advice would be stop yeah. looking at the elephant and like what's what's the next what's the first bite is it is it like if it's something like starting a podcast or stepping into the online space maybe it's something like mm-hmm. buying a course that teaches you how to do it or starting to lay out some of the things that you want to talk about and kind of getting a good foundational message going you know like it doesn't have to go from God's asking me to do this to I'm showing up on Instagram every day <laughs> there's like steps in between and if you skip those it's, you're gonna make it harder on yourself honestly right and I think it's this level of we can still be upset with the Lord in the midst of obedience amen like it doesn't have to be or rather I have found more freedom by grumbling with the Lord to gratitude Yes. It doesn't just go from obedience to gratitude because I'm a sinful person. Right. Yeah. No, that was, I just wrote a newsletter the other day about, I remember the date, like we know the date because we had this kind of crazy, Jeremy and I were sitting across from each other and we like heard God say day and it was nuts. And it's like two or three times in my life that does happen. Wow. But it was not an immediate, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. This is going to be so good. It was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm so pissed. I don't want to be here. I'd found where I wanted to move. <laughs> like, oh, I, and had like kind of loosened my grip on this place. And now God's asking me to pick it up again, you know? And so it was like, that was such a great lesson for me in grumbling with the Lord mm. and wrestling with the Lord and being willing to come to him with my questions and my dis- dissatisfaction and my disappointment and not be afraid, not be like, oh, is he going to, like, am I allowed to do this? Like, he just, he wants you to come no matter what it is. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's where the change and heart change happens because of him, not because of us. <laughs> exactly. So where does freedom come into this conversation? Super big, broad topic, but what does freedom mean to you? Mm. freedom I mean freedom starts and ends with the cross right that Jesus did something we could have never done that he didn't have to do so that we could experience freedom that doesn't make sense that surpasses all understanding that is so much bigger than a religion or a denomination or a personal conviction it is the freedom like I love the the catechism that's the the main the main focus of man is to to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is freedom. You know, that I always talk about like Jesus privilege mm. because I'll get on my Instagram and talk about some big cataclysmic event and almost always try to close it with the kingdom is not at risk. Jesus is still on the throne. This is happening and this is true. And inevitably, there'll be pushback of, oh, like, what a privilege to take. I'm like, yeah, it is a privilege to take. Freedom is a privilege. The freedom in Christ. It is. To know that the world is falling apart and also know that the battle is won. Yes, 100%. That is a privilege that is afforded to everybody. Right. A free gift. People choose not to. Right. Like, people choose not to take it, but it's there and it's available so, like, freedom is, like, it's everything. It is grace, and it is peace, and it is joy because, like, Jesus did something we never could and quite literally set us free. Mm-hmm. 
how do we start by creating more space for freedom in our lives? Okay, I think there's different que- different answers for different kinds of people. It depends on what your upbringing was because freedom looks a lot different for somebody that grew up in like a really religious mm-hmm. situation versus someone who grew up in a home where maybe you went to church on Easter and Christmas. Sure. If then. So for someone like me who grew up in the church, freedom looked like letting go of religion and letting go of behavior-based faith and behavior-based trust and actually believing that I was free to do whatever I want, hot take, free to do whatever I want in conjunction with knowing that what I want has changed. Yes. That what I I have a new heart. My desires have changed. I don't want to sin. I don't want to do things that hurt others, that hurt myself, that hurt the heart of God. So I can do whatever I want because my wants have changed. Mm -hmm. Kind of like same take different for people who maybe had a more, like they thought they were experiencing freedom. It can be really easy to think that actually doing whatever you want with no repercussions even though there's natural consequences is freedom Mm -hmm. but it's really not that is that's a a just different kind of bondage because you're chasing filling something in yourself that you're never gonna find you're never gonna arrive at satisfaction when you're finding it through whatever the world has to offer you and so it's discovering that real freedom is the freedom to do whatever you want because what you want has changed and what mm-hmm. you want is what like is God's best for you. And so I think it's like this pendulum, right? That people are treasured. We have to swing to the middle and like meet in the middle. We have the same experience with Christ and with his freedom, but you're just coming from different places. Oh, totally. Like my husband grew up in a very conservative home and we did not really grow up in a faith-based home. So within our marriage, we've had to really fight for, you know, you will bring different preferences for the way that you worship and I will bring different preferences in the way that I found God later in life. So I love the way that I worshiped in the way that I first experienced the Lord. Right. But like you said, like freedom comes from the cross, not anything else that we could have done and I totally agree like we have the freedom to do whatever we want but ultimately when you become a believer your heart is changed in the sanctification process to look more like Jesus like I will not sin in the same ways that I did Mm -hmm. when I was a baby believer now doesn't mean that it doesn't suck sometimes and it's not hard to try to battle those flesh patterns yeah but like I love the Jesus privilege. Like, yes, it is fully a privilege, fully and freely offered to everybody. Fully. But it doesn't make the wrestling any less hard sometimes. Absolutely. Like we don't have to be content in the wrestle. And I think that's also a hot take. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have to all be like, it's not going to all be butterflies and rainbows. There are going to be times where God says things, does things. And you're like, what the frick is happening? You know, and he can handle that. Like he has really big shoulders. Yeah. You can handle it. I would love to know how you think like the girl boss, mom boss kind of comes into this conversation, especially talking about freedom. Yeah. So I hate that stuff. (laughs) I hate like the term like girl boss, mom boss. First of all, I'm just a boss. Yeah. I am the boss. Like I'm a a boss. I'm somebody's boss. 
I don't need girl. I don't need mom. I don't need whatever in front of it. But also I did the mom boss thing and I did the girl boss thing and it sucks and it's so exhausting and it's life draining and Mm. it is, I have found it is virtually impossible to have those two words like live together and not become equal in importance in your life. And I tell people all the time, I will pick my children and my family over my work every day of the week. Yeah. As much as is afforded to me. I can't all like sometimes things happen, but if I'm given the choice, I'm going to choose my family. And when you're girl bossing, that boss part or your mom bossing, that boss part, there's a really high likelihood that it's going to become as important as the mom part Mm. is. And that was my experience at least. And so also, I know this is a really like hippie take, but I'm like, why do we have to label everything? True. Like, can I just be a mother that is also really good at something else Mm -hmm. and has built a business out of it? Can that, do I have to be? A whole personality now. (laughs) Right. Like, does it have to be a thing? This is just what I do, you know? Yeah. I think it's been super interesting. My husband's in the army to see like what identity looks like when you wear it like physically wear it Mm. Mm. for him to like show up to work or show up to like these new trainings he's been at with people he doesn't know and to like see somebody's rank and all of their qualifications and like who they are successes failures if you don't see certain patches on certain people like that has been so I think humbling for me to watch from the outside of like Yes, my husband shows up in uniform every day to work, but how many times do I do that as a mother? Mm. On social media, to my son, to my friends, to my family. Like how many times do I show up with whatever labels or identity I think is necessary that proves that like I'm worthy? Yeah. It can be interesting in the identity conversation, right? Because all those things are good things. Mm -hmm. Your husband serving his country, it's a good thing. Being a mother and being a podcaster to the glory of God are good things. Are they? I, I used to a long time when I like was really talking about hustle culture and mom boss culture a lot. One of the things I would say is you're a one piece puzzle. Mm. Like people think that they all of these things that they do make up pieces of the puzzle of who they are. And like, yeah, child of God is one of them. And, you know, sanctified is one of them. And but also daughter and mother and wife and podcaster and all this kind of stuff. No, like one piece puzzle, child of God. Everything else is extra. Everything else is an added bonus that isn't a part of my identity because that stuff is sand. Like I'm not going to build the house of my identity on something that could change. What if I don't have a podcast in the future? Mm. And I've built my platform on – being a podcaster or I'm, I'm built my life on being a podcaster. Yeah. You know, like I want to build my identity on something that has never changed, is never going to change so that when things inevitably get rocky, that doesn't get rocked. Yeah, definitely. I would love to just transition this conversation because I don't think we would be able to do this conversation justice if we didn't close without talking about this. I have to know if you could have coffee with any of the Harry Potter characters, who would it be and why? <laughs> oh, shoot. I really love Book Jenny. Okay. Book Jenny and Movie Jenny are not the same. 
I love Book Jenny because she's so tenacious and sticks by Harry. It's just mm. like such a great love story that got totally missed in the movie. Or Snape. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me about living a double life for most of your life and the sacrifices that you made and the things that you did and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I think that would be one of the two of those. Oh, definitely. Totally agree. And all for the sake of love. Wait, what would yours be? Definitely Snape. But I also yeah. really love Luna. Yeah. Like, just to, like, sit with her and, like, get in her head and he hear about, like, her family story. Yeah. That's, like, super interesting to me. But I had to yeah. ask because I'm a fellow, yeah, like, Harry Potter head. that's a great head. question. That's a great question. <laughs> and my husband and I were trying to plan a family trip to Disney because he is a Star Wars fan, and I love him mm. for that. But he's not a Harry Potter fan, so that's definitely a, a point of contention in our marriage. <laughs> I'm going to pray for y'all. <laughs> well, Blake, this has been such a fun conversation. I would love to share like what, um, like what places our community can connect with you, services that you offer. Where can we get plugged in? Yeah, absolutely. TheGirlNamedBlake.com is really a good hub for all of the things. You can find my podcast. You can find my book. I offer courses and coaching for creatives, uh, for people who create content either for their small businesses or for their ministry platform, uh, just kind of helping them grow it, but not like burn out and, you know, get into hustle culture in the, in the meantime. Um, and I offer, I do these like monthly master classes on different topics and write newsletters or just create all of the content. So the girl named Blake on Instagram and then the girl named Blake.com probably the best places to go. Awesome. Perfect. I will link all of that. So for our final question, it closes for all of our guests. So if you could provide any wisdom to your younger self or for a community that is listening, what would you share? I mean, we kind of cover this in the episode, but I think if I could go back, I would try to teach myself to prioritize like rest and slowing down and not letting everything stress you out so much because it would just drastically improve my quality of life. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy what happens when you're not like consistently stressy and depressy because yeah. of non-necessary things. <laughs> well, Blake, thank you so much for your time and wisdom. This has been such a fun conversation just in general. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I will link all of your stuff and we will catch you guys in the next episode. This episode of If Only Our Wiser has ended. But be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss any encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to build our community and share more about topics that will be healing and helpful for you. See you in the next episode.